Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. I'm joined today by James Sharp to discuss uh, everything to do with Leicester City as we enter the final week of the transfer window. Uh, no game at the weekend, but uh, coming up, there's plenty to discuss. Before we start, I'd also like mm. to kick off in the usual way. Beer52.com, a sponsor of Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, are offering uh, our listeners and our readers uh, a free keg of eight uh, beers from around the world. All you have to do uh, is to go on the Beer52.com website and use the password Lester, and you can register there and get your free keg of beer. Just pay five ninety five dollars in the packing and it's all yours. Enjoy. Now then, James, let's get on to Manchester United at the weekend. Uh, a 2-0 defeat for Leicester, but a valiant performance, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was frustrating a little bit because the, the game plan of Leicester's, was always, as it always is, is to hold, defend relatively deep, be compact, um, draw in pressure, win the ball back and attack on the counter. They, I mean, they did that for 70 minutes, although every time they did win the ball back, they just gave it away again, so couldn't couldn't actually get the ball to Vardy and get him threatening so Leicester just get pushed deeper and deeper and deeper but defensively they performed admirably they, they were lots of they tackled and blocked and fought and scrapped and were really compact and so the frustrating thing is after doing all of that what do you do you just you leave some bloke unmarked at a corner and and that's it all your work is undone mm. in one lapse of con- concentration and against teams like Manchester United you can't afford to do that they, you saw it against Arsenal uh, on the opening day few laps of concentration from set pieces and you get punished against teams that have a lot of attacking talent. Even more frustrating is that it wasn't the likes of Lukaku or Matic or Pogba, these big imposing players that punished them. It was Rashford. Four blokes pointed at him, none of them marked him and he just tapped it in. And then that, from there, United had been so dominant, it was just a case of um, seeing the game out. And Fellaini's goal, I know this is a case of offside, um, but it felt like uh, it felt like a justified win for United, and re- and really frustrating because it was again one lapse of concentration. It's, I know it's something that you um, picked out in your five things we learnt from from the game was this uh, the set piece weakness. And I, I, watching uh, the footage back, Wilfred Ndidi seems to switch off. You could see Matty James saying, "Pick up, pick up Rashford, yeah. pick up." There's several players shouting, "Pick up Rashford." Did he just sort of? It was it was like zonal or man marking. You got to do one or the other, no, and no. It, did, it wasn't really it's in between, was no, it? No, like, like Schmeichel was pointing at him, James was pointing at him, Vardy was pointing at him, and then he kind of got like indeed he looked over his shoulder and thought, "Do I?" Well, no, Vardy's there, but then Vardy didn't either, and indeed he didn't bother. And then it's got to be the players that take responsibility on the pitch. Exactly, hasn't it, yeah, for the situation because Shakespeare said in his press conference that normally teams put commit five. In the box this time, you know, and, and United had done that throughout the game, and then this time they went with six, and that seemed to throw them. But the players have got to think on their feet, haven't they? Yeah, of course they have. I mean, uh, against Arsenal, we, when it was the set pieces, Shakespeare said it was because he just made changes, and maybe the the 
the instructions haven't been passed on from defender to defender and those that needs to be made clear. This time it wasn't a case of them not knowing like, not knowing who was marking who because there's an extra bloke in there. So at that point you have to take responsibility for yourself and say, well, I'll pick this bloke up. Hmm. If you're a free man, you're not, you're not marking a man, I'll pick him up and they didn't do it. And Shakespeare said afterwards that he didn't want this to become an Achilles heel for Leicester in terms of conceding from set plays. But it is, at the minute, it is becoming an issue because it's from set plays that Leicester seem to be most vulnerable and seem to be lacking concentration, seem to be not picking the men up that they should be picking up and being punished. And when you're playing Chelsea are coming up, Liverpool are coming up, um, the, this needs to get sorted before before those big games. Well, we, there were some... Um, but there, there were some stand-up. There were yeah, some, some great performances. Yeah, there were some excellent performances. I thought Casper Michael's penalty save, obviously. I know he got uh, picked out a little bit on uh, match day, which I thought was a bit harsh for, for the rest of the goal. They said they could have done better. Uh, but what a save from uh, Romelu Lukaku. Did you have your money on him? Um, it was one of those interesting things where he, you, you have the kind of... Um, sp- <laughs> Split uh, feelings because you've got Lukaku who's in your fantasy team and you've got Schmeichel who's in goal for your team. <laughs> can't win them all, James. You know, of course you can't, no, but it was a fan- fantastic save. And I know, I know technically he may have been slightly off his line, but which goalkeepers aren't slightly off their line nowadays when they're saving saving shots and um, saving penalties. Yeah, great save. And again, Schmeichel was the man who kept Leicester in the game for large parts of it. I know Although he, he wasn't overly worked. I know there was a good save in the first half yeah. from Mata one-handed, but he wasn't it's worked mainly that long range shots. Yeah. Mainly, mainly Pogba, Pogba like, firing shots from range that kept going slightly wide. And I th- you pro- Leicester were probably happy with that, weren't they? Leicester were probably happy with, with Pogba shooting from distance. Well, exactly. And I think a lot of that was down to how well they defended the back four did. And, and, and the lads in front of them thought Matty James was excellent midfield, celebrating signing his new contract. I had a chat with him after the game. He just wants to look ahead now to the future, yeah. not keep looking back and talking about his injuries. But his performances at the moment are certainly alleviating any lingering fears in the transfer window about Danny Drinkwall, which we'll get onto in yeah, a minute. Exactly. Uh, but Harry Maguire, England's new man, yeah, I mean, he was outstanding again. Yeah, wasn't he was. It? I mean, it's getting to the point now where people are probably going to tell us all to shut up about Harry Maguire and stop hyping him up and stop talking about him, stop praising him. Because after every game, it seems that we end up talking about Harry Maguire because he has been so impressive. Uh, and it was like who needed to bother watching kind of Mayweather and McGregor when you've got Lukaku versus Maguire in a bit of a heavyweight clash at Old, at Old Trafford. Again, he was he was excellent, um, cultured, dominant. Brings the ball out, passes it out. It's like playing in midfield on the wing and up front. I mean, you'd, you'd want ten Harry Maguire's outfield, wouldn't you? He's just he's he's excellent and thoroughly deserves his call up. Um, and. Yeah, we end up talking about him every week, don't we? Yeah, hopefully I'll get to speak to Harry this week when he's on England duty going to St George's Park to uh, see if we can uh, catch a word with the man. Um, just, just just talk about Leicester City's start to the season overall. Mm. Only three points on the board, one win against Brighton, defeat at Arsenal, Man United. But the performances, when you look at them, you know, there's a lot worse sides in this division. They've, they, they haven't got what they deserve so far, have they, really? <laughs> no, I mean... You wouldn't think that when you're looking at some of the forums and some of the social media. It's all already doom and gloomers are starting to crawl out from the dark corners. Uh, and I suppose that a lot of that comes from results, doesn't it? It's, it's bred by results and the manner in which you concede some goals. But if you look at it on the whole, Arsenal again, you scored three goals over Arsenal. You'd hope to win that game, but there are some strong performances there to pick up from. Brighton, Brighton were poor, but Leicester... Has to put them away ruthlessly. Sheffield United, lower league side, could have been a bit of a stumbling block. They're quite good at home. Leicester blew them away. 
And then Manu, yeah, Manu dominated that game, but as we've said, Leicester just defended well. You'd expect that. It's like they just won the first two games 4-0, they, they, they? look like, I know earlier on in the season, I'm trying to predict who'd win the league, and I said Man City, I think, I think that's probably, I think I'm going to change that. Manu look, they look like the Manu of old, don't they? Like that really, like really big, strong, imposing, pace in the wings, creativity in the middle. They look, they've got a swagger about them again. And they look, they they look excellent. Uh, and they've blown West Ham and Swansea away. Leicester were nowhere near as bad as that or as, as um, dominated as that. So, yeah, so it's not been so, it's not been so bad so far. I mean, you'd hope they'd have more points on the board. But performances in general haven't been too bad. Let's uh, get on to the transfer window because it closes on Thursday. I think uh, the club will be quite pleased when that's shut. Because uh, all the speculate, yeah, we certainly will. Because uh, a lot of the speculation has been more about possible departures than ins. But there has been some developments over the last couple of days in terms of possible recruits. Craig Shakespeare said after the game on Saturday that he would like to get to couple of players in before the deadline but wasn't sure whether that would actually happen well we understand that um, a bid for Johnny Evans another one for Johnny Evans a West Bromwich Albion has gone in 21 million rising to 23 potentially I'm told that's been rejected it's way below Albion's valuation of Evans but also the fact is Man City are in for him as well and they're offering Malaga as well uh, the uh, French defender and I think Pulis quite fancies him so there could be a little bit of a, an exchange deal doing there So, he, and Evans is based in Manchester as well still from his United days so that it might be an attractive move for him uh, so it looks like let's see it's going to be thwarted on that one Yeah and I think, I think as, soon as, as soon as Man City came in and were genuinely interested with bids you're always you're always at a bit of a, a loss you're always not then the favourite to sign him, and like you say, he based in Manchester would like joining a team that's playing in Europe, which Leicester aren't. Um, so yeah, you would imagine that if anyone is going to get him, it's going to be Man City, which is a shame because he he's an excellent defender, excellent footballer. I think he gets, I think he gets tarnished with the Pulis brush a little bit more. Like if you play for Pulis side, then you must be some kind of clobber, or like big. Horrible centre half, but he's not. He's a, he's a very. There's a snobbery about it, isn't there as well? The fact that you know people are expressing shock that Man City are after a, a no-nonsense defender, a defender who can defend. Pep Guardiola needs one of those because he doesn't do <laughs> he tackles. Does, yeah. So he needs somebody who can actually. He said himself he doesn't do tackles. Yeah, the funny, uh, the funny thing was, but we had a look at this, didn't we? Because in when Leicester had that ten million pound bid rejected in June, and they were told they'd have to double it, we ran a poll on the Mercury website to say should Leicester pay twenty million pounds to Johnny Evans, and I think it was sixty percent, sixty-five percent said no. That's far too much money for a player like Evans. No, thank you very much. Move on. As soon as Man City get involved, bid eighteen million pounds. That gets rejected. We ran the same poll again two months later to say, should Leicester pay twenty million pounds? Sixty-five percent said yes this time. That's <laughs> enough money for a player like that. So yeah, it fickle times, but yeah. it's a shame, really. Yeah, it's a shame because Evans would would have been good. Would have been an excellent signing, but it does look like it's going to go. It's going to go to Man City, if anywhere. Uh, I know they want to get in another centre-half, so we'll see where, where they go mm. uh, in the next few days on that one. But the other one that uh, is now out there that uh, Leicester City are interested in is Andros Townsend, uh, Crystal Palace winger. Uh, reports of a £27 million offer oh. on the table. Uh, we haven't had that confirmed, but we do know that City are interested in Townsend. Are you surprised by that? Um, I'm a little bit, I think. Uh, again, he's another player that kind of gets... He's got a bit of a, not a bad rep, but he's a player that 
fans tend from other clubs tend to turn their nose up a bit, be a little bit, and maybe it's from his kind of the Roy Hodgson England days. But they think he's not really as highly rated among kind of fans as maybe Leicester see him. It is surprising because they're all they've already got wingers in that squad that are unhappy with their game time in Damari Gray, uh, Albright, sorry, Albright and Mares, and Damari Gray. Uh, and Ahmed Musa playing there as well, but also we'll probably come to Musa in a bit. It is surprising that they're looking for a player like Townsend. I think at that money, but it does, I suppose, it does hint towards potentially as a replacement if Mares goes. That's what that's the kind of message that I I would take from that. Not that it's been confirmed or anything, but mm. you think if they're looking so looking to invest that kind of money in a winger. You would imagine that money would be spent on a starting winger, and he isn't going to start if Mahrez and Albright are both there. Well, that's that's true. Um, it'd be interesting to see because he looked the real deal, didn't he, a few years ago in his younger days at yeah. Spurs and playing for England. Twenty six. I know he feels like he's been around for a lot longer than that. But uh, he, when he, I remember him bursting on the scene and playing for England, and everybody thought well, he's got a superstar exactly, on yeah. And his career hasn't quite panned out. Perhaps another change in direction might help him if he uh, if he come to, to Leicester City. But you're right, it does leave the question of who would he be replacing in the squad. And Mares is the obvious one because we know Mares wants to leave. But I understand that um, since Roma's, all Roma's interest in their bids, there's been nothing else. His situation has not changed and his time is ticking for him to get this move away. Do you think Mares at the end of the window, would still be a Leicester player? Oh, that's a good question, I think. And it's not long left, and there's, there's still, but there's still time for this to be made. I think, I think, yes, I think he will be. Um, that's we get to that stage where it's just we're so in the dark, and so much can happen in so little time. Um, Arsenal, if they miss out, it looks like they're missing out on Thomas Lamar. Wenger's kind of given up, given up there. If Oxley Chamberlain goes, that's and if Sanchez goes, that's two wingers there that he's short of. So will that then lead to Wenger thinking, well, well I need a winger. Morris is available if I pay £50 million. Here you go. That's still open there. Um, but yeah, it looks... I want him to stay. I really, really. I know he wants to leave, but he's not playing like a player who wants to leave. He's not chucking his toys out the pram like. He looked the most likely to yeah. unlock the United defence yes, on did. Saturday, yeah, yeah, in the second done, half. Yeah, and he has done all seasons. And he's, he's looked. He's he was excellent against Brighton, and I and, and I'm sure a lot of Les fans would love to see him stay. Um, but again, this is something that it's just going to come down to if anyone's bothered to stump up the cash. But if if no one does stump up the cash, then he will stay. Yeah, it's quite simple. It's quite a simple formula. You pay for two million pounds. Yeah. Or, or he stays. The other one, uh, um, Danny Drinkwater, that continues to be uh, the speculation that Chelsea are interested in. Yeah, him. what do you make of that? Well, I haven't seen Danny at, at this season because of an injury. And he's genuinely injured. I know there's a lot of spurious <laughs> injuries around this time of year, but uh, he, has, he has genuinely been injured. A thigh strain, uh, back in training now, but he didn't feature on Saturday because he still needs to develop his fitness. Uh, I'd be a little bit worried uh, if Leicester fans, for uh, Danny, uh, uh, was to leave the club because uh, if Chelsea are serious about it, uh, they've got to follow it up. Otherwise, it just sort of sort of the sort of speculation that could ultimately unsettle people and unsettle players. So, you know, I can I can see uh, if City might be a little bit wary about this one, but um, I, th- I think if uh, Chelsea are serious about it, then they should get serious with a, an offer or just leave it alone and. Uh, We'll see what happens over the next few days, uh, whether they do actually do that. Let's move on to some other possible uh, departures. Now, first of all, Jamie Vardy. 
There's a lot of speculation. Jamie yeah. Vardy going to Chelsea, going Everton. He's going nowhere. We can categorically say that. Jamie Vardy, unless somebody comes in with a mega, mega, mega money offer, Jamie Vardy is not leaving Leicester City. Let's talk about the ones that are more likely. Papi Mendy, Ahmed Musa, and recently there's a lot of reports about Islam Slomani. Can yeah. you see all three of them possibly moving on? Possibly. I mean, Shakespeare said already this winter that he it's likely that, that one or two would have to go or will go. And of all of the one, the players that are linked with moves away, it is those three you would think that... Not, not You wouldn't say happy to let them go, but if players are to depart and they, Leicester are to get the sufficient money for the, for the players that, they, that are in their squad, they look like they are the players that Leicester would be happy to... Um, to get some money for and and, and to to allow go, um, I think also with you look at the fact that Ijeo has signed a new contract that would suggest that in the in the battle of the target men between Ijeo and Slomani, Ijeo is rated higher by Shakespeare. Um, even when Slomani scored two goals against um, Sheffield United, uh, Shakespeare was asked by the Sky journalists after the game. Was said, is this done? Does this mean Slomani showing that he he should be in your plans? And Shakespeare didn't say yes. He said, well, he's done himself no harm. And he was asked again, well, do you want him to stay? And he said, well, well, he's here at the minute, and not exactly. wasn't exactly saying this is a player I want at this club, and I want to be part of my team. We've seen that Monaco are interested, and if they're selling Mbappe to to PSG, then as we always see in this transfer window. He had that domino effect. One club buys one player from another club who then need to replace him, so they buy another player who then needs to be replaced by another one. So if or when Mbappe goes to Mon- goes to PSG, that could then open uh, a move for Slomani. We understand that as of yesterday, Monaco have not made any contact no, with Leicester no. City for Slomani. This is all just uh, it's speculation. All two plus two plus yeah. five, isn't it? It's all speculation at the moment, so there hasn't been any contact. But it'd be interesting to see that. I mean, I've written in my match verdict that um, I'd like to see Slomani stay. Yeah, so I'm... I think the more options you've got in attack, the better. I know it's going to be difficult to keep players happy, but in modern Premier League, you know, the more options you've got, you know, the better it is for the manager, and I'd like him to stay. But if you know, money comes in, the right bid comes in, then I think it, it might be some something that City could, might look at if it helps them get somebody else in, in like Andros Townsend. If, they get, if that generates the money then to get Townsend, then, um, then that'd, be, uh, that'd be a good move. With, I know when we spoke about Townsend, we said that, that then raises the questions about Mars's future. Does the interest in Townsend for you also raise questions about Moose's future? Absolutely, I think if somebody come in with an offer. We know there's been interest from uh, Premier League and uh, from um, the continent. I think if the right money's right, Musa would be the one that would move on. I think his performance at Sheffield United, I know he scored at the end, uh, wasn't particularly great. It wouldn't encourage me to keep Musa, unfortunately. It hasn't worked out at Leicester City, and I think um, a change for both the club and the player would probably be um, a good thing. And likewise, and, and, we, and we, we talk about that last transfer window, the last ju- summer transfer window, we're talking about £60 million worth of players here that's potentially going to be moving on within a year. And the other one, uh, Mendy, yeah. uh, and there's been interest, hasn't there, in, in Mendy. Um, deal yeah. not been done, but it could still be time for a deal to be done. Yeah, I mean, there's been lots and lots of talk, and not even just kind of speculative talk, it's been quotes attributed to both Mendy and his agent over the summer, Regarding a return to France and how he would talk about being ob- obsessed by a, a return to to, to France um, and teams there, 
And his agent was saying that he's kind of very close to move to Atalanta, but that may may have looked to break down. But this is one that where the player or the player's agent is very open with the desire to leave, and when the player wants to leave, and the club are happy to let him leave. If a, if a bid comes in, you can see that happening. You can see that you can see him him moving away. Whether whether then Leicester then need to look at replacements there because if if we hope it doesn't, but if Chelsea do up there properly up their interest in Drinkwater and he departs and then Mendy departs, then do you then do then Leicester need to look at adding more bodies in midfield with not long left to do it? Not quite sure, but like you say, if the money comes in, if the right money comes in, Mendy will be on his way, I think. Well, it proves uh, to be the case. It's going to be uh, an interesting few days at Leicester City. A lot of work going on behind the scenes as the transfer window draws to a close. Um, we'll be back later in the week to discuss the transfer window after yeah. it's closed and uh, to look ahead uh, as well to well Harry Maguire's possible England debut and reflecting on um, more Leicester City news over the next few days. So uh, check back on the Mercury website and our Facebook page and don't forget to go to beer52.com for your free beer. Use the password Leicester uh, to register. Um, thank you very much for listening and we'll join you next time.